1: To make David scores! Nugent Hopkins did
0: not like that hit on Tyler Yamamoto and Lance a clubbing right hand that
1: fells just at all. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports
0: with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates. Alberta
1: injury lawyers. The
0: heavy hitters of injury law. Look, I'm just asking you to commit to inside sports for the whole show tonight. I don't want to hear this like, oh yeah, the Junos, and then you're gone. I'll know if you do that. So stick around, my goodness. We got a good show coming up. It's not a good night, however, for the Montreal Canadiens. They're trailing the Avalanche 4-0 with three minutes left in the first period. The shots are 8-2 for Colorado. So the Avs have scored on half their shots. And they have double as many goals as the Canadians have shots on goal. 4-0 Colorado. Also in the first period, about five and a half minutes left, Toronto's out shooting Buffalo 8-2. But no goals in this one. We'll keep an eye on that one. Later on tonight, Dallas at Seattle. Now, Seattle is a point ahead of the Oilers for third in the Pacific Division. They also have a game in hand. And Dallas, you remember is at Rogers place on Thursday to play the Oilers. Uh, Dallas, the uh, best record in the Central Division. If the playoffs started today, first of all, that would be really unusual for the NHL to call a sudden halt to the regular season. Second of all, it would be Dallas and Edmonton in the first round. They may have played a few times in the past if you're of a certain vintage to remember those series around the turn of the century. I sound like a prospector back around the turn of the century. The Oilers play Ottawa tomorrow. That's on 6.30, Chad. The face-off show will be at 5.30, and the puck will drop at 7. By the way, I think I would have made a really good prospector. I think I would have been good at the Klondike gold rush because I would have got in there. uh, I would have hustled. I would have panned for gold. I would have been able to tell the gold from the dirt. I think I would have been good at it. Oh, (laughs) Chilakot-Wilke. Kellan and I could have been a team. Maybe that'll be our next. Uh, that, maybe that'll be our next. Advent- maybe that'll be our next uh, venture. We have obviously we are co-owners and co-founders of the Slaw, the Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling, mm-hmm. patent pending on our uh, holographic Christmas tree that you don't have to set up every year. Yeah, uh, we have a TV show in development called CSI Vegraville and uh, maybe we'll do like a documentary series on uh, on the Gold Rush or a, f- a fictional series about you and I in the Gold Rush, that could also work I'll tell you what, you can send me your pitches for television shows or talk about sports, that's also a very good option at seven eight zero four nine six is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation and ceiling systems, CertainTeed Pro all the way you can email inside sports at 630Ched.com follow me on Twitter and you can also message me there, my DM are open and if you're e- even half polite i will reply at Reed wilkins r-e-i-d-w-i-l-k-i-n-s yes it is the junos tonight i here's what i understand uh because I, I was i was looking something up about the junos today and then i brought this up to a colleague apparently most of the winners have already been named and it's just like a, a show tonight yes with some and, and most of the accepted speeches were already taped
1: is that what you're understanding, Kellen? That's my understanding of it. Yeah, they had a, uh, uh, I think, like a big, uh, almost like a luncheon or a gala on Friday. I think it was more of a brunch.
0: <laughs> I think it was just a brunch with cucumber sandwiches, just the little finger sandwiches. I- exactly, like, yes. Hey, yeah. the weekend, put down the sandwich, you won album of the year.
1: Oh, yeah, hey, hang on. Can somebody hold this for a second? Yeah. And then today, tonight is the, the, the glitz, the glamour of the uh, on-stage awards in front of the people. And then on top of that, you got, uh, what, Nickelback going into the Canadian Rock and Roll Hall. Of With Cotter
0: McDavid as part of the uh, induction for Right. that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I, I guess not all the awards have been named. And look, if you're sitting there li- listening to this and thinking, no, Reid, that's not exactly what's happening. Why don't you know? I'm going to tell you a secret because I didn't do a lot of research on the Junos. I I didn't. I'm sorry. But people can say, no, no, this is what's happening. I I don't know. I think they're just starting. I should put it on TV here. It's on CBC. I I believe so, yes. I only go to CBC uh, usually for uh, hockey and uh, that delightful Murdoch mystery show. Ah,
1: there you go. That's a good watch. Oh,
0: there it is. Okay, I'll leave this on for a little bit. Roger's Place uh, looks great. Good. Okay. Okay. Uh, anyway, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. So that so that is the Junos. Speaking of the Junos, <laughs> defense, but Darnell Nurse was uh, asked about the award show and his favorite Canadian artists.
2: I got a few, uh, <laughs> obviously Drake, Justin Bieber, uh, R. with the Hamilton touch. So yeah, there's some great uh, great artists from Canada. Kind of cool that there are a lot of them around here today. Yeah, 100. percent I think it's uh, obviously and they get to take in the beautiful venue that we have here too. So I think uh, it'll be a great uh, great show for everybody.
0: Of the artists that Darnell Nurse named, Arcells would be my favorite, and the one I know—the the ones I know the most about. I've li- I've listened to several of their albums. They got some really good songs. Uh, Justin Bieber does uh, Tim Hortons commercials. Oh, they just showed McDavid on TV. There he is. And Drake uh, owns a team in the Canadian Elite Basketball League. I I don't think I, I'm sorry to say this, everybody. I don't think I could name a Drake song. Coming home is that him? Kellen doesn't know either I don't thanks know Kellen you're uh, supposed to be the hip guy on the show
1: there, there's the one I know is started from the bottom now we're here okay I'm not and Justin sure Bieber does uh,
0: baby know or whatever it's called or baby baby
1: yeah sure <laughs> okay. all I know is he, he hawks a lot of timbits we'll put it that way
0: the, he really does uh, hawk a lot of t- and, and if you've seen him lately he's been eating a lot of timbits too You know what I mean? All right. So, anyway, that's a little bit. There's our obligatory crossover clip about the Oilers and the Junos as the Junos have uh, taken over Rogers' place. So, because of of that, the Oilers practiced today in the downtown community arena, actually did their uh, post-practice interviews in the McEwen-Griffins dressing room. But the Oilers did work on the penalty kill today, which to speak about a serious topic, it is an issue for the Oilers here. The, the penalty kill has been, I would say, one of the two biggest weaknesses on the Oilers this season. They are 27th in the 32-team NHL. They are 74.9%. I just kind of did some cursory scanning of, of their stats. Um, so the Oilers have now played. 67 games in 25 of those games they have not allowed a power play goal against now i could have broken it down by opportunities yes some of those games they've only had one or two power plays they they have had a handful of games where they've killed off four or five power plays so that's pretty good so you know a little over a third of their games they have not allowed a power play goal but in 12 games this season the oilers penalty kill has been 50 percent or worse a couple you, I'm sure you'll remember that Jay Woodcroft is going to mention but but I asked Woody about the uh, continued work to improve the PK
1: What the thoughts right now or we got some new people that we're integrating into it uh, can't forget that um You know, uh, Evander's been out most of the year, and he's a regular penalty killer. So for him to get some reps, I think that was good. Uh, Nick, we're introducing the penalty killer. He's a good face-off man, long body, um, and then also uh, with Eck on the back end. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think we've had good moments, and then we've had moments that we want to have back. To me, I think we've had two meltdown games, one in Washington um, and another in L.A., and I think that skews numbers. We're not about... uh, coaching towards whatever that number is right now we're talking about being the best that we can be and um, dialing in some of our details and uh, look at the game in Toronto I thought um, the first penalty kill goal at the end of the second period I think it went off our foot and you know it bounces right to a guy and it goes it goes in the net that's you build those in sometimes but I thought we could have done a better job on the one in the third period and um, you know when you have some new people uh, it's just nice to, to work on things in practice.
0: All right, fair enough. Well, we'll see how it goes. Uh I think the the point he makes is acceptable. Um you know, they they've acquired some people to help with the PK, specifically Bugstad and Ekholm. So let's see how they do. Kane penalty kills hasn't played most of the season. Fair enough. Let's see how it goes. I also think it is worth pointing out the the first power play goal the Leafs got on Saturday. Hey, sometimes that happens. The, the Oilers block the pass across. It goes right to a Toronto player as Skinner's moving, and he fires it in. So th- those things will happen. Uh, but on the whole here, the Oilers' PK has to be better. I, I know a guy who hosts a show from noon to 2 every day on this station will insist that your goaltender has to be your best penalty killer. I personally think that's a little bit of an overly simplistic way to look at it. You can still put in the work and have the system to uh, get in shooting lanes and, and uh, you know diminish shot quality and things like that. And yes, you need your goaltender to make some stops. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully that's something that can be worked on for the it, It's It's gone on all, all year that the penalty kill hasn't been very good despite having some good stretches more often on the road oddly enough so that's one of those little tweaks that you hope they can fine tune here before they they get into the postseason and i know they haven't clinched yet but they are headed in uh, that direction they got a seven point lead on the two best non-playoff teams that being Nevada, nashville and calgary oh you know nashville has games in hand so we'll see where it goes um after the game on on saturday so um you know the the media guys will go into the dressing room and and get some interviews so clearly i'm I'm not there i wasn't in toronto for after the game i don't go into the dressing room after the games at home either because i'm hosting overtime open line with rob but usually there are players who might be specifically requested you know sometimes there might be an obvious storyline for the game mcdavid gets four points or somebody you know has a rough night they get requested so after the game on Saturday against Toronto, there were requests for Ryan McLeod and Vinny DeHarnay, who were involved, you know, very uh, prominently in a couple of goals against, I, you know, look, McLeod made a, he made a mistake. He made a bad mistake. It happens. He, he made a bad mistake. So it was requested that McLeod and DeHarnay, who was also involved in a turnover w- would answer some questions to the media. And it was, it was decided and, and, the, the, what was reported on Saturday that was the Oilers' leadership group, the, the way it's been communicated to me was that it was primarily Evander Kane and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, that 71 and 73 were written down for post-game interview requests and Kane and Nugent Hopkins saw that and said, just change those to nines. We'll handle it. Let's not throw the young guys uh, in, in front of the, uh, the media here after they have a tough night in Toronto of all places. So, I think a nice thing to do I don't I don't want to overblow this either I I mean it's kind of unusual this would happen good for them for stepping up but anyway Zach Hyman touched on uh, that post-game decision Hockey's a
1: game full of mistakes, and um, I think just the leadership group felt like it was
2: it was our responsibility to go out there and, and talk about the game. You know, you, you don't want to key in on certain mistakes for certain players because it happens all the time, and obviously on a
1: Saturday night it gets magnified, and that was, you know, just it was just another game. You know, we have 82 games, and those things happen, and I think the leadership group just wanted to, to get in front of that one.
0: All right, Darnell Nurse uh, also commented on this.
2: Yeah, I mean, we have guys that have been around uh, the league for a while, and some games aren't going to go the way you want. And um, I think you probably take it. Not that everyone doesn't take it hard, but you definitely take it a little bit harder when. When uh, you're a little bit younger, and um, as as a as an older player, you want to you know stay even keel. You know it's, this game is a roller coaster. You know you're going to go through games where you know you feel like you're on top of the world, and then the next game you feel like uh, you're the worst player in the world. So it's as a as an older player, you have a, a better ability to kind of keep that uh, that level headed and that uh, that even keelness to yourself. And you know, I think you know, it was big for those guys to step up and uh, you know, take on this of uh, the media.
0: All right, so uh, a little bit there, just on that decision to uh, give McLeod and Deharnay a chance from uh, talking about uh, their mistakes in the game against the Maple Leafs. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We're going to bring you the details of a goalie fight when we get back.
1: Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com.
0: Man, another Briar win for Gushu. Is he now the greatest curler of all time? I don't know. I'm going to ask David Neto that question in the next half hour. I left the TV on the Junos here. It's quite interesting watching with no sound because I can just kind of create my, my own audio for it as I'm moving along. First of all, uh, Simuliu is hosting. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. I I really like that movie, by the way. Uh, What a performer. Again, I'm watching without sound. He was singing... He was dancing. He did a backflip. He must have been doing something specific to Avril Lavigne because she was recording it on her phone as he was moving along. So apparently the uh, Junos are off and running at Roger's place tonight. Thanks for picking inside sports over that show. Or maybe you're listening to me and watching the Junos with uh, with the sound down, which could be kind of a fun experience in of itself. We, uh, we had a goalie fight on Friday in the ECHL, and it involved Oilers prospect Ryan Fanti. Here's the call.
1: Oh, what is this? Fancy and Barone. Barone wants a piece of Fancy. Look at this. Barone is going out to the blue line. Are they going to go? Oh, the helmets are off. Let's do it. Goalie fight here at the Coliseum. Barone and Fancy lining each other up. Let's see what we got. Fancy with the left. Tags him. Fancy still up. Looking around. Oh, he fakes the left hand. Barone. Look at that right by Fancy. Tags him again. Another right. Fancy going in with another one. Barone doesn't have a chance Fanty takes him down! Look at the pivot bench explode! Ryan Fanty! What a number on Barone! He wanted it and he got
0: it! Okay, so Ryan Fanty, who was an excellent NCAA goaltender, the Oilers added him in the spring. He's playing for Fort Wayne in the ECHL. Oh, I gotta give a shout out. That was Shane Albarone on the call the uh, play-by-play guy and as I've learned media relations guy for the Fort Wayne Comets late in Friday's game Fanti took on Brad Barone of the Wheeling Nailers and maybe you've seen the video already it's been making the rounds on YouTube and Twitter and all that fun stuff Fanti did very very well in that fight that was not Shane uh, Alba the home play-by-play guy dressing it up to make his guy sound even better no Fanti dominated that fight goalie fight uh ryan Fanti is going to be on the show between 7 and 7 30 we'll have ryan Fanti coming up on inside sports to talk about that moment how it developed how he felt in the fight if he'd ever had a fight before i doubt he did but who knows maybe at an earlier level of hockey and i also want to ask ryan was because the other goalie started it so to speak was there bad blood did they have some sort of a food feud going on or did did, did the other goalie brad barone just decide okay we're gonna we're gonna fight and get it going so ryan fanty will check in after the seven o'clock news to tell the story of that fight uh, you know what folks mistakes happen in all sports yes ryan mcleod made a mistake for your edmonton oilers on saturday uh you know who else made a mistake on the weekend one of our country's greatest curlers edmonton's brendan botcher final throw of the briar semi-final didn't make the shot what can you do just didn't come through with it we will uh break that down with david nedowin a four-time briar champ himself we'll also talk about the pressure of throwing a shot like that on that stage and with gushu winning again that's five briars in seven seasons could gushu now be curling's goat coming up